0: This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. The government upon his shoulders. Can you say to your neighbor, the government upon his shoulders? Usher's, I'm going to need a table and something to drink. The government upon his shoulders. And of course, we know the scripture. It is our scripture of the month. Amen. Not only is it our scripture of the month, it is a scripture that people know, especially around this time. Amen. Um, That scripture is taken from Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. And it says, for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon what the government shall be upon what and his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty god the everlasting father the prince of peace but it is so important for us to break down this scripture amen amen somebody can i hear you this morning it is important for us to break the scriptures down to have a fuller understanding of what does it mean. You know, we read it because it's Christmas. But this is loaded. Somebody said loaded. It is loaded with revelation. The Bible says that Isaiah, like at least a thousand years before Christ was born, saw a revelation of A Messiah that is coming, and he says, for unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Somebody say to your neighbor, say, it is low dead. Say to your neighbor, it is low dead. I just want you to pray in the Holy Ghost for the next 30 seconds. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Just pray in the Holy Ghost for revelation. Revelation in the Word. Say, Lord, I pray for revelation in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah revelation revelation in the word hey come on pray pray in the holy ghost for revelation i want us to look at the scripture understanding and breaking down this isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 it says a child is born Unto us a child is born. So it is important for us to understand why does it say a child is born. It is important for us to understand that it must be that a child is born if he's going to save us. The reason why he had to be born is because he needed to be flesh. If he's not flesh, if he didn't come as flesh, then the equation will not add up. You know, when it talks about mathematics and your balancing equation, when it comes to what is about to happen or then what what was about to happen, it needed to balance because the reason why we are in where we are is because there was a man named Adam that messed up. Somebody say he messed up. He messed up and he destroyed the spiritual relationship between him and God. And because we are the seed of Adam, he messed up the relationship of us and God. The relationship between man and God was destroyed. And so because he is the first Adam, there needed to be another Adam that comes. Hallelujah. It is impossible for a man to destroy something and then for God, a spirit being, to come and fix it. The equation will not add up. Do I hear amen in the house? It needed to be that a man came to redeem. Why does a man need to redeem us? The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Hallelujah. So that means that it is important for us to understand that the reason the wages of sin is death is because somebody destroyed it. Somebody destroyed the relationship and made sin be aware or made us aware of sin or brought us to sin consciousness because he destroyed the relationship. Amen. So, because the relationship is destroyed now, we need someone who is going to make it right. The reason he needs to make it right is because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. It's not something that you just go over. It's not something that you just melt over. The wages of sin is death. The Bible lets us understand something. Jesus did not come to abolish the law. The wages of sin was still death. Jesus didn't come and say, no, we're not going to do that. The Bible says that he came to what? He came to what? Not to um, abolish the law, but he came to what? Fulfill it. He came to what? Fulfill it. Can Can you answer me this morning? The Bible says that Jesus did not come to abolish the law. Meaning, do you know the meaning of abolish? Can anybody tell me the meaning of abolish the law? to to remove to what annul any other word Get get rid of that I like that that's my favorite one Jesus did not come to get rid of the law he came to fulfill it what is the law everything wraps up and sums up in the wage of sin is death somebody had to pay for it hallelujah somebody Someone had to pay for it. If the wages of sin is death, who committed the sin? Man. Who committed the sin? So will it be appropriate for a supernatural, super terrestrial, or extraterrestrial to come and it wouldn't, it doesn't add up. If man committed the sin, to make it right, man needed to what? Had to pay amen so jesus did not abolish the law what was the word that you used again get rid of it he didn't come to get rid of it he came to fulfill it and to fulfill it is to pay for that wage which is what death the bible says the wages of sin is death hallelujah so he needed to come in the flesh amen he needed to come in the what He needed to come in the flesh. So Isaiah saw and was like, wow, for unto us a child is born. He wanted to make sure that we know that he didn't, there's no, there's no um, cheating. There's no cheating involved. He was born the same way you were born. Hallelujah. He was born and he grew up. Let's look at some scripture to understand that when the scripture says a child is born, it is letting us understand the humanity of Jesus. Hallelujah. He came in the flesh. It's very important for him to come in the flesh because we must understand the humanity of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. We're going to read 14 through 18. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 through 18. And it says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared. Somebody say shared. Shared. He himself likewise shared in the same. That through what? Death. Through what? Through death he might destroy him who had the power of death that is the devil somebody say the devil there is no other enemy that you have you don't have enemies plural did you hear me church you don't have enemies plural you have enemy singular hallelujah somebody you don't have enemies look if we understand that concept then we'll start praying when it says pray against your enemies you will have images of people in your mind i told you about the story of in the church they said that they should pick up the stones and throw it at their enemies and everybody was picking up their stones and throwing it at their enemies our our um Original pastor's wife told us this story. Everybody was picking up their stones, throwing it at their enemy. In the name of Jesus, all my enemies say, break your hair. And they were picking up their stones, throwing it at it. And then all of a sudden, the pastor's wife opened her eyes. And the lady was picking up the stones and throwing it at her. Looking down. <laughs> <around by side. laughs> if we understand scripture, and we understand who we are in Christ... We will know that our enemy is singular and he's the devil. Hallelujah. So when, if you still want to pray against your enemy, you should make sure you're not having images of people in your village, images of people on your job, images of people in the church. Do you know people think they have enemies in the church? They will have the image that will be in your mind is the image of the enemy. His name is the devil. Hallelujah, somebody. You don't have enemies, a plural. You have an enemy. Singular. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, in that Hebrews, he says that through death, he might what? Destroy him who had the power. death, That is the devil. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. Look at what Jesus came to do in the flesh. We need to understand that when the Bible says for unto us a child is born. It is talking about so that we can recognize the humanity. So that we know that this equation is balanced. He, the Bible calls Adam the first Adam and Jesus the second Adam. The second and final Adam. Because what he did, it cannot be erased. Hallelujah. We'll get into that a little bit more. But the Bible is letting us understand in the flesh. He accomplished something that he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I am no longer a slave to sin. Hallelujah somebody. That song is so beautiful. I am no longer a slave. Come on, sing it for me. No, not like detail, detail. I I am a child child. of God. I am no longer what? I am no no longer a slave to fear. Hallelujah. I am a child of God. He says he released those who through fear of death. How many people have fear? death through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage for indeed he does not give aid to angels but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham therefore in all things somebody say all things therefore in all things he had to be he had to be made like his brethren That means flesh. He had what? To be made like his brethren that he might what? Be merciful and faithful. High priest in things pertaining to God. To make propitiation for the sins of the people. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. For in that he himself had suffered. Being tempted. He is able to aid those are tempted. Somebody say, Glory. Somebody say, I am free. Somebody say, I am free. What freed you and I is the humanity of Jesus hallelujah he was born as a child he was born in the flesh let's look at another one john chapter 1 verse 14 understanding the humanity of jesus the bible says for unto us a child is born talking about the humanity john chapter 1 verse 14 it says and the word became what Understanding of scripture and application of scripture is very important. Because if you can understand and apply, you are free. Amen. Freedom can be for someone, but they don't, they don't obtain the freedom. They don't utilize the freedom until they have understanding. Amen. You know, when I was doing American history, a requirement for me to get my bachelor's, you have to do American history. You cannot be, a, you can't, there's no corners it is a requirement you must do american history when i was doing american history you know um i learned black history and one thing that resonated with me so much is that black history is american history hallelujah somebody and it gave me real understanding more of the scripture when i when i read the story of slavery in the united states You know talking about abolishment i was like wow that's a word that's used in scripture as as well abolishing and then they you know it talked about how when the slaves were free they gave them 40 acres and a meal 40 acres and a meal was really not much so you know there were some individuals that were going around so what you going to do with your freedom now 40 acres and a meal what you going to do with that 40 acres and a meal well guess what It may not have been a lot, but it is still something. Amen. And if you don't have an understanding, so they gave them freedom, but half or maybe more than half of them could not read. They couldn't what? Read. So if you can't read and now you're free, which way you going? You cannot obtain the freedom. You cannot, um, you cannot apply the freedom to your life because there are some basic things that you need in order to be able to enjoy the freedom. If you can't read, where are you going? How are you going to read the signs? How are you going to know what your, free, your freedom paper, you cannot read it. So what does that let me know concerning the things of God? If you have freedom and you do not take the freedom, you do not understand the freedom, it cannot benefit you. So because you are free sitting down listening to me, if you don't understand your freedom, it can never benefit you. Then you're living in fear. But the Bible lets us understand that Jesus in his humanity freed us from the bondage of fear. You are no longer in bondage. So when somebody comes with their cock and bull story that, well, I think the woman in your village, the woman in my village has no authority over me. The woman in my village does not have power or dominion over me. I am now under a different assignment I am under a different covering I don't know maybe when I was in my mother's womb something else but even though Jesus had already died when I was in my mother's womb when I recognized that I can receive him and I received him I took that authority upon myself I applied being free to myself I understood that I'm no longer in bondage if I'm no longer in bondage it applies to all things no one the Bible also lets us understand that don't let men the wisdom of men don't let them manipulate you with nonsense nonsense look the scriptures is so clear there's a lot of people who try to manipulate God's people with nonsense nonsense Make sure you understand what your freedom papers say. Hallelujah. If you cannot read your freedom papers, it will not work for you. Understanding that from reading the American history and how it was a major struggle for African Americans. After they received their freedom, it was probably harder. Some of them, it was so hard. They couldn't apply the freedom. They couldn't, uh, they couldn't benefit from the freedom. So most of them stayed with their slave masters and they paid them barely anything. Because they didn't have what it takes. Some, some were like, by fire, by thunder, I don't care. I'm free. I'm going. I wanna, if I'm going to die out there, then I will die free. Hallelujah. Understanding or no understanding. They gave me my freedom papers. I can't read it, but I'm free they can gun me down in the river but i'm free hallelujah understanding your script your 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 freedom will help you be free from bondage we said in john chapter 1 verse 14 that he the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory hallelujah philippians chapter 2 Verse number five, Philippians chapter two, verse number five. We're going to read five to nine. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation taking the what the form of a bond servant and being and coming in the likeness of what he came in the likeness look the devil cannot rob you of your goods because you understand the assignment tell your neighbor i understand the assignment the devil can make you think that you're back to bondage or whatever but if you understand this simple Equation that Jesus, uh, God, did not cheat by just, you know, taking a finger from heaven and just rearranging the whole thing. No, 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 no. He did the equation so that it can balance because jesus came in the flesh and dwelt amongst us amen the bible says that he did not you know consider himself highly but he be he took on the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man somebody say he was found as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death Even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him. Somebody say highly exalted him. God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Look, when I understood that I have Jesus, that God exalted And gave him a name that is above every name. I look at myself and I say, you know, when I fail a class, I understand that failure is a name. But there is a name that is above failure. His name, that name is Jesus. When the doctor tries to put a label on me and say that, uh, that uh, maybe I have high blood pressure, I immediately, the response, I'm not arguing with the, 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 the uh, diagnosis. I'm not arguing with the doctor because the numbers show it. Hello, it ain't fake. Hallelujah somebody the number said it but my response to that is Jesus Jesus i have blood pressure Nowhere. ha that's my response Jesus I have blood pressure Jesus why I am saying that blood pressure that is high is a name but there is a name that is above every name and that name is Jesus so when the doctor body takes my no 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 a nurse takes my blood pressure gives it to doctor body he gives me the, the result and say your blood pressure is high I say Jesus Blood pressure that is high is a name. But the Bible says that he exalted him above all and gave him a name. That is above every name. So when they say cancer, I say Jesus because it is a name that is above every name. When they say diabetes, I say Jesus because it is a name that the Bible says exalted above every name. When they say failure, like I said, I say Jesus because it is a name that is above every name. When they say depression, fear, anxiety, I say Jesus, because it is a name that is above every name. The Bible says, "At the mention of the name of Jesus, all those things must bow." I'm not afraid of Doctor Doctor Bode's diagnosis. Bring it on, Doctor Bode, MD. MD I'm not afraid of your diagnosis hallelujah because the bible says your diagnosis is a name but the name of Jesus at the mention of this name diabetes must bow blood pressure must bow fear has to bow must bow diabetes must bow the children acting funny it must bow because there is a name that is above every name the bible says at the mention of the name of Jesus every knee must bow every knee must what every knee must bow it's called power the humanity of Jesus Excuse me power because the Bible is letting me understand that while he was in the flesh God exalted him Amen it says God exalted him for we do not have a high priest this is Hebrews chapter 4 Hebrews chapter 4 says for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness Jesus can sympathize with our weakness. Why? Because of his humanity. Hallelujah. He came the same way you were born, he was born. The same way I was born, he was born. He grew up, he was five, he was eight, he was ten. He did ten, he did twenty, he did thirty. Hallelujah. He let me understand that he understands my what? Weakness but within all but what but what but was in all points tempted as we are amen yet without sin so jesus is my perfect example somebody say jesus is my perfect example my example is not paul Hallelujah, because he's a man like me. My example is not Peter, because he's a man like me. Your example is not John the Baptist, because he's a man like you. Your example should not be Moses, because he's a man like you. Your example should not be David, because he's a man like you. But uh, one thing that is different about this man named Jesus is that uh, as much as his 100% Human, he is 100% divinity. Oh my God, somebody didn't hear that. He was 100% man, and at the same time, he was 100% God. Hallelujah. He was wondered, there was 100% humanity in him, and there was also 100% divinity. Hallelujah. That's what separates him from the others. And that is why he died on the cross. Hallelujah. Nobody else came back from the dead. Except for my savior. Nobody else went to hell. Except for my savior. Nobody else took the keys from hell. Except for my savior. Nobody else came back from hell except for my savior because not only was he 100% man he was 100% God First Peter chapter 2 verse 24 who himself bore our sins in his own body On the tree, the wages of sin is death, yes? There is a scripture that also says, cursed is every man that is on a tree. Hallelujah. He took my curse and put it upon himself. The curses of, that is in my bloodline. The curses that is in my bloodline. Jesus hung on the cross and bore all of it. Hallelujah. He bore everything. So when somebody tells you and tries to tell you nonsense and tries to tell you another gospel. That ah, it's generational curse shake your body off understand the assignment say to your neighbor I understand the assignment when somebody tries to lie to you that as a child of God I'm not talking about somebody who's not received Christ as a child of God the problem in your life is generational curse The Bible says that he hung on the tree. Hallelujah. He bore my disease. He bore the curse. The Bible says cursed is every man that hangs on a tree. And he lets me understand that he bore my sin in his own body on the tree that we having died to sin, might live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were what? I am no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. I am not an easy manipulating. Somebody can easily manipulate me. So that I can come to their church telling me that the reason why something is happening in my life is because of generational curse or maybe some old woman in my family or because my grandfather did something. Regardless of the curses of my grandfather, the Bible says that there is a name that is above every name and the name of Jesus, it works for me. Hallelujah. The blood that was shed. Let, let me give you a quick example or quick understanding of the blood of Jesus Christ. The way we are pleading it, we are pleading it and we are bathing with it. All that, all that, all that what we're doing. Tell me in the Bible where they were bathing in the blood. Bathing. Oh, I soak my children. You soak your children in the blood. Where did you get it from? The Bible says the blood of Abel speaks better things than the blood of. I mean, sorry, sorry. The blood of Jesus, rather, speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Do you understand that when Cain killed Abel, yeah? His blood was crying out to God for justice. Because he was killed in vain. He didn't do anything wrong. He was what? Killed in vain. In my um, my youth Bible study, we're talking about typology. Of Christ in the Old Testament we are looking at the 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 examples that we have in the Old Testament and how they are a typology of Christ this situation that I'm explaining to you is a typology of Jesus because the Bible says that his blood was spilt in vain Abel killed Cain in vain so his blood cried out for mercy And God what heard and did something about it but that was a temporary fix what he did for uh, Cain uh, sorry Abel was a temporary fix hallelujah but Jesus Christ his blood they pierced him on the side and his blood fell on the ground hallelujah when his blood fell the Bible says That the blood of Jesus speaks better things. It speaks completion. It speaks perfection. I don't have to ever, ever do something about it again. It is a perfect speaking. It speaks on my behalf. That's why it is better than the blood of Abel. Because it speaks. The blood speaks. You don't bathe with it. It speaks on your behalf. Hallelujah. The blood cries out on my behalf. So I'm not worried about somebody doing me. I'm not worried about curses. Because I am the beneficiary of the blood that is speaking. It speaks on my behalf. Hallelujah. All things must go well. I say it. I believe it. Because I understand the assignment. Say to your neighbor, I understand the assignment. You must understand the assignment by knowing what is the meaning of the blood that was shed. Hallelujah, the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Then we have God. You know the, the scriptures talks about the, um, the the Son is given. Yeah, the Son is given shows His existence that He was there before. The beginning of Jesus was not him being born in the manger. Amen. I'm sure most of us know that. The beginning of Jesus was not that he was born in a manger inside Mary. Amen. The Bible says us understand in the book of John that in the beginning was the word. Hallelujah. In the very beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. Hallelujah. It was in the same in the beginning with God. All things was made through him and by him. And without him was nothing made that was made. Hallelujah. The Bible says in him was life. And the life was the light of men." and the light shineth in darkness hallelujah To so makes us understand that he was in the beginning this is a it shows when when the scripture in isaiah said for unto us a child um a son a child is born and then a son is given we didn't say a son was born a son is given it shows that he is part of the trinity Amen. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost that was there in the beginning was given to us as a gift. Hallelujah. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Hallelujah. The Bible lets us understand that the Son being given is showing us the existence before his birth. On earth, And that he is present and was present in the Trinity. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's look very quickly at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 3. And it says, and he is the radiance of his glory. And the exact representation of his nature. And uphold all things by the word of his power. When he had made, what? What? Purification of sin, he sat down at the right hand of Majesty on high. Do you know that you are in Christ? So where Christ is, you are. So that means that you also you are seated with Christ. Hallelujah! You are what? Seated with Christ on in Majesty on high. So why are you afraid? How can you be afraid when you are afraid? It's saying that Jesus, what he did, is null and void. You are seated in majesty. Above principalities and power. And you are afraid. Come on. It doesn't... It's an oxymoron. It doesn't go together. It it doesn't make sense. For you to live and believe. Tell your neighbor, don't believe the hype. Say, don't believe the hype. You know, I, I I was... A teenager in the 80s and that was one of the you know the yo mtv raps don't believe the hype public enemy number one don't believe the hype so uh, i'm saying i'm not believing the hype of people there are people in the church that tries to control our mind and make us believe nonsense that we are free from make us believe that we are still in bondage when the bible says that we are free hallelujah say to your neighbor don't believe the hype and then where we're going which we cannot finish possibly today the bible says that and the government shall be upon his shoulders look when you think government even in the government of how we see government now every government order that has ever been has failed Especially when people are thinking, oh, you know, I don't really like the government. I I don't like the president or the governor that's in office right now. I'm just going to wait four years so that I can revote. It's never permanent. And it's never what? It's always failing from the beginning of time all the all the rulers of Israel they all failed one way or the other cuz they got to get a new one the judges failed one way or the other but when the bible says that the government shall be upon his shoulders hallelujah it means that Jesus if we really think about the government that he's talking about it's dominion upon his shoulder and the dominion shall be upon that means perfect rulership perfect order i am under a perfect order I am under a perfect order. That order that Jesus Christ brings in the midst of chaos, he brings order. Hallelujah. So if there is chaos in my life, Jesus Christ, his presence, the government, my burden is what? Upon his shoulders. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody. When we talk about government upon his shoulders, talk about dominion upon his shoulders, thinking, have a, a whole rulership on his shoulder. How is it that I won't be able to deal, he won't be able to deal with my sickness? How is it that he won't be able to deal with my enemy? Remember, enemy is what? Singular. Stop having an image in your mind. Tell your neighbor, stop having an image. Stop thinking about the woman. Stop thinking about the man. Tell your neighbor you only have one enemy. And Jesus is bad enough. He is big enough. And he is bold enough to save you from him. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 7 finally says that of his dominion there will be no end. He is more than enough. Hallelujah. He is what? I always tell people, I went to a church in Houston to preach and they looked at me crazy because they are one of those churches that really pray, all my enemies, their head must come off. They pray that prayer. And not only that, they also believe in that whole, you know, bondage type of thing. You know, they're constantly praying against bondage. And I tell them, you're wasting time. You're wasting time. You are wasting, the enemy has given you an assignment to be counting sands. Instead of you to pray for souls, you're praying for enemies with images in your mind. The curses that have been, that you have, that has been broken off of your life on the cross of Calvary. You are praying for the curses to be broken. Father, we break every curse. Which curse that has been broken? We step in our authorities, what you say. I accept the broken curses. I step in it and I I benefit from the curses that are broken off of my life. I go free. My children go free. I thank God for the bondage is broken. Thank God not busy breaking curses instead of enjoying the benefit which is the grace of God and praying for souls to come and enjoy what you're enjoying but you you're suffering so how can why what, how can we do evangelism suffering we're suffering what are you telling them to come for you're suffering like this and you want me to come to Jesus somebody say heck now how can I be suffering and then I expect somebody to join me in my suffering? Say, brother, brother, I'm suffering here too. I don't need to move an angel. I'm suffering here too. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we are free. Hallelujah. We are what? Free. Because the dominion is upon him. The, the government, a perfect government is in order. Hallelujah. A perfect government is in order come on stand on your feet we hope you've been blessed by this message we encourage you to fellowship with us here at salvation center if you are in the san antonio area for more information visit our website at www.rccg